0: You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 132 How does a mold infestation begin? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about Toxic Mold 101. How does it start?
1: Pretty easy, actually. I say that and people are like, yeah, right. Uh, so when, he, when you say toxic mold, just to be clear with all our listeners, they hear they hear us talk about it all the time. Most mold types, common mold types, penicillium, aspergillus, clotsporium, some of their subspecies can produce mycotoxins. So when you say toxic mold to someone like me, it's most molds can produce mycotoxins. But for our listeners, when they hear toxic mold, they think of black mold and stachybotrys. So my point is, is all molds, for the most part, can become toxic to you. They could introduce mycotoxins into your body. So just don't think it's only black mold. So... Mold has to have... We'll quiz you. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have, how many things does oh, mold geez. have to have? Oh, geez. Here
0: we go with the quiz. Uh, <laughs> moisture intrusion event. So, some sort of water. Cellul- cellulose material so they can feed on something. Sheetrock, wood, stuff like that. And humidity above
1: 60%? Close. About only, 50%? Only thing you left... Um. No, you you, the, you just forgot the most important thing you have to have for mold. We've got to have stations. the mold spores. Exactly. But the, so, they're
0: naturally present in the air. Exactly. So...
1: Mm-hmm. Uh And, it, you know, when I say it has three major things, there's other conditions. You know, some mold types thrive um, at different temperatures. Obviously, if it's in direct sunlight, you're not typically going to have high humidity. So I always say three major things. So the mold spores, which are always going to be there, humidity over 60%. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned that, the moisture intrusion event. And then you have to have the cellulose materials. But going back to your moisture intrusion event, that's the part that most people... Don't think about. If you have a mold infestation and you've heard me talk to people that call me, what's the first thing I say? What's going on?
0: Yeah. Has there been a moisture intrusion event? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a
1: flood? Do you have a sewer backup? Do you have a roof leak? Like that's the first thing I'm always asking. And it it brings up something important um, that documentation, you know, write things down, know what's been going on with your health and know what's been going on with your home. Because if you call me and you just say, well, I don't think so. I just think it's making me sick. I'm not going to poo-poo that away, but I'm going to be like, well, what led you to believe that mold is making you sick? Just because someone told you that? I mean. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's something where, I guess my point is, it really helps if you have some background and you can tell me what happened or why you think you're sick.
0: Well, what's interesting, I think the closer we get to certain holidays, the more people are thinking about Their indoor air quality of their home. You know, next week is Thanksgiving. Lots of people have tons of family coming over, and people are starting to clean their homes and look at like what's really going on underneath my sink, what's really going on in the basement. I'm going to have family sleeping in the basement.
1: So, well, we we talked about this, I think, last year, two years ago, going and staying at your, you know, your crazy aunt's home that that she's, she, she hoards everything and the air quality just always smells weird in there. I mean, yeah. So you so you have a good point. Like people are, you know, traveling. Hopefully, people are the whole COVID thing. Hopefully, is going to be put behind us soon. But you know, they're 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 they could be exposing people coming into their home, or they could be exposing their self, themselves going to someone else's home. So. It brings up a great point.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, there are some people who are kind of OCD about their homes and they, you know, they can't watch everybody, what everybody's doing and their habits and how they use their shower. But then when everybody leaves at their house after Thanksgiving, they want to inspect everything to make sure that nobody caused a leak, nobody caused a problem, you know. So this is a good episode because people need to understand, well, what constitutes a problem or problematic behavior? Where does it actually start?
1: Uh, a lot of times we talk about it. Our listeners already know this. Um, we we can never talk about high humidity without bringing up your showers that are. I think Super like the hot. the bathrooms like it feels like two hundred degrees when I go in there. Yeah, it's like a sauna. <laughs> it's amazing. And the humidity's always over seventy. We have obviously humidity gauges, um, but you do you 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 use preventative measures to to control that. <laughs> and my point is, with that is, is if. Let's just say you're a teenage daughter and you're doing that every single day. And we're kind of not paying attention to that. We're down in the master bathroom and, you know, teenagers, we just are like, teenagers will be teenagers. Well, if you have a teenager or a guest or somebody, someone in your home, that for over 48 hours, they're keeping it the humidity above 60%, they're potentially causing a mold concern. and. In a tactful way, you can tell them. It's a lot easier for me to tell them because I can go hand them one of my books or, you know. <laughs> but, but you know, the, 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 there's there are habits, like you said, that, that would lead to something like that. Hot showers is one of them. You know, another thing that, that a lot of people don't pay attention to is, let's just say when you're washing dishes, you know. When you're done washing dishes, do you make sure you dry up the countertops around that sink? Because if you don't, over time, that water can keep getting, you know, more or less underneath that the lip of the sink or the ledge. And then whatever type of countertops you have, if there's any of so those materials, you know, it might take 10 years. But you're, the, that wood will suck up the water and it just, it's like a wick and it'll just start expanding. And when you go to replace it, you might have a bunch of mold concerns you never even knew about. That's true. So, that you know, that's another thing. Um, showers. When I when I say showers themselves, we talk about the humidity, but a lot of people don't pay attention to, and we see it pretty much at every hotel we go to, that they don't close that shower curtain all the way. Mm-hmm. And so the water gets out, and it, it's right there adjacent to the tub, and then that causes concerns. So there's a lot of, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about uh, food and, and beverages in bedrooms, you know. Make sure your kids aren't leaving food that's, you know, growing who knows what kinds of molds underneath their bed for months-, mm-hmm. and that child could be getting sick all the time, and nobody knows why and then you find that so
0: so are there things that people should be on the lookout for that really point to this is the beginning of a mold infestation
1: so the first thing you typically see is water stains you would you would see and and it doesn't have to be just a water stain it could be the the wood is swelling. Say it's door trim or or baseboard, you see that it starts, it's starting to swell and get thicker and thicker. You know, it wasn't that long ago I had to do the little touch up stuff on the deck, remember? Yeah. And it's the same concept. That wood was, you know, it's outside, but the wood was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty compromised by the moisture. And so I had to replace it. And it's the same concept inside. So watch for moisture stains, um, you know, wood that's swelling. Cracks in the walls, ceilings, and one thing that you know we have in the mold box that's very handy that we talked about earlier is humidity gauges. Yeah, we have several throughout the the house, and it you can buy nice ones and for less than a hundred dollars, you can have one a nice one in in the rooms you need them in. Mainly, you know, like in bathrooms, mechanical room, basement, and things like that.
0: So definitely, you're you're talking about pre- prevention is the cure.
1: Yeah, yeah, prevention's. You know, I deal with a lot, of, uh, a lot of our mold mitigation jobs are typically, um, you know, in a basement that's not finished or a crawl space. And, you know, I advise my clients and I tell them, you know, like a crawl space, how do you monitor that humidity all the time? You, like you go down there? Well, no. There's, there's all sorts of, our technology is so amazing these days. But you can literally put a sensor that runs off of a battery, 9-volt, AA, whatever they are. And it can be Bluetooth to your phone or to the display up in the living area. Mm-hmm. So you literally can see every day, no different than what we can see, what the temperature and humidity is outside compared to in here. It's just a sensor. There's there's tons of different things you can do with that. There's also um, it's called I call it a, a moisture alarm or water alarm. But there's an actual sensor that you could put, let's say, on the floor of your mechanical room by your water heater. Mm-hmm. And it literally has a wire usually, then it goes up to to a box. But if, you know, you put it on the wall or the floor, but if a a certain amount of water, let's just say an eighth of an inch or half an inch of water is on that floor, that alarm goes off. Yeah. So that would tell you that you have a, you know, moisture intrusion event that's happening. Those can be, you know, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, I don't know what all the proper terms are to your phone. So it could, it could alert you, you know, we could be in Florida and be like, oh, there's something going on in her crawl space, so there's a ton of preventative measures and you know we've talked about that in different uh, episodes with the uh, mold prevention equipment but but those are great things to have but humidity gauges cheap easy monitor those make sure it's never higher than fifty percent
0: How anal retentive should parents be especially with the behaviors of their their children? I'm thinking about things like. You bring in um, snowy boots in the Mm -hmm. house, and then the snow melts, and then the water is on the floor. You have kids who are on the swim team, and they bring home all their wet clothing, and they put it in the bin, Like, how – I mean, because if you have – I mean, you come from a large family. If you have five children – the, the work that it would take to babysit their behaviors 24-7, who's got time for that? So how do you do, handle all that? Well, I mean, I
1: understand that you might not have time, but, but you know, how much time is it going to take when, when all of you have to vacate your home because you have to have mold mitigation done? That's true. Um, but, you know, I think just like what we're doing, the best thing to do is educate people, you know. if If you have kids that don't want to brush their teeth, what do you do? You go Google, you know, <laughs> nasty photos of people that don't have any teeth. That's true. So true. Um, you know, just you know, tell them like, hey, this is what it can do, and it can make you really sick, and it it might make you know. For our listeners, it might just they might have just one child that if it affects, but but bad habits like that, dish bowls where you know we have a dog that he lets me know when the food things are empty because he pushes it all around in the laundry room. Yep. But if there's water bowls and that's happening, like, you need to take preventative measures. Obviously, a dog, you're not going to sit down and show them pictures because mm-hmm. they don't really care. But you get something that would contain that water. Uh, so, it is something you should pay attention to, you know. Especially, like you said, kids that are on the swim team or or the, any – it could be the kids all winter love to go out and play in the snow, and then they come in and they throw all their stuff in one corner. Yeah. Well, that humidity, I mean, you, you, you start smelling that, you know, and you would know. But is it, like you said, it is tough. You can't babysit every one of them, but you're going to have to if you have to pay a mold mitigation company to come in and do mold mitigation. Because we we don't let people stay in the homes. And, like, what you're saying, like, our listeners could be like, oh, I couldn't make that big of a deal. Well, you could, let's just say, with muddy, wet boots, uh, wet snow clothes. You put them in the same spot, well, the baseboard starts getting wet first. Then it makes its way down below the actual flooring into the slug floor. Then it gets down into the crawl space. I mean, you could it could be a major issue by the time you figure it out. So it, I guess my point is, is, like we talked about earlier, it could take a long time. But once you discover that mold infestation, it could be something fairly major.
0: It's kind of like that saying, what is it? Um, deal with a monster when it's small, when it's a yep. baby.
1: Yep. It's, you know, we, we, we talk about it's just like raising children, you know. You can't wait till they're 10 to start disciplining them. If you you got to start at a young age because we're all kids at heart. If if you don't correct me <laughs> when I'm doing something wrong, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, you brought up a great point. And it, talking about the holidays like we were talking about. Pay attention to people that are coming into your home. And if, you know, they come out of the shower and it's just like you go in there and look at the humidity gauge, you just say, hey, you know, just so you know, our listeners, you can blame me. Um, Just so you know, you know, I listen to this guy and he says that that'll cause major mold concerns. And you make that person aware of what their habits could do to everybody else inside the home.
0: Absolutely. And if you don't
1: like that person, then, you know, maybe that's the last time they get to stay with you. <laughs> exactly.
0: That's sort of a win-win right there. Yeah, it there. is, actually. <laughs> so what's your call to action for people?
1: So you brought up something that, that is very interesting. That, you know, you throw, if you're always throwing wet clothes into a laundry hamper, you'll smell it within a, a day. You can mm-hmm. smell it. And the smell test, and I, I, I know I've said this before, but it's kind of interesting. I have a great nose, and it has nothing to be... Nothing to do with being a certified mold inspector. We actually have, there's dogs that you can use for that. But I have a great nose. Like, I literally can walk into a home, and that's when I'm doing a mold inspection. And I stop, and I just take a couple breaths. And you can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, go down into your basement and just take a couple breaths. You can smell that musty, you know, dampness, odor, or go into rooms you're not in all the time. And just just take 10 minutes to go through areas throughout your home your mechanical room, maybe corners of where you have bookshelves that are stacked. Um, you know, like right here, we're looking at bookshelves. Well, You're not going to pull them out and look behind them. No. But look, at, look at the ceiling above it, the walls around it, look at the wall on the other side of it. Make sure there's you know, there's no indications of any mold, no stains, no weird smells. So that's the smell test is really that's it's an easy thing. You don't have to hire anybody for that.
0: Very true. So do your own inspection. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: if if you're not comfortable with it, you can pay. We do VPAs, we do consultations, we do all sorts of stuff. So I mean, as our listeners know, we're the reason we're so unique. Yeah, we do mold mitigation, but I spend a lot of time on the education side of it.
0: Absolutely, and you can go to cnccontractorservices.com and learn more about the mold consults, which will really help people understand what is the core issue. What do I need to do about it right now, and what's my plan after exactly. that? Exactly,
1: and if you know, if you if you have family that's that's coming in, or you're going to someone else's place, you know, it. I always ask our listeners, we're, we couldn't do this without them, but tell five tell five people about it. And say, hey, you know, maybe you're getting sick because of this. Come, go listen to this guy. He's got a free course. You know, he's he's not out here to price gouge everybody, and you know, maybe you can get them to start listening to us
0: absolutely share this podcast with people you love so they protect their health exactly all right you heard it from the expert we'll catch you on the next episode prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home download steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash cncmoldchecklist again download steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash cncmoldchecklist